Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. And that Christ will make His home in your hearts, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And then it says, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ that is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. I want to um, speak to you this morning. Andrew mentioned it last time about what the church was on display doing. And he mentioned that it was to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. And he mentioned it from one aspect. And that was, um, as we can read elsewhere, uh, in verse 12 of another passage in the Bible, it says, they were told that their messages were not for themselves, but for you. This is the prophets and the preachers back in the day, those who had a prophetic word about the coming of Christ. It says, and now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. And, and get this, this is what Andrew was talking about. It is all so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. The idea is that what is happening among us is so incredible that angelic beings, heavenly beings are looking at it in awe. There's this crazy dynamic taking place. And, and, and Andrew mentioned that and he talked about the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places and how we're seated on high in heavenly places. That is the current reality, but also a future greater reality. But I want to focus on something else in this passage. And the words used are arche and exousia. That's the Greek words. Arche and exousia, the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. So I want to take us to Luke chapter 12 to see where else this phrase is used because they're generally together. Powers and authorities, rulers and authorities, arche and exousia. Luke 12 verse 11, it says, And when you are brought to trial, this is Jesus speaking, in the synagogues and before rulers and authorities, don't worry about how to defend yourself or what to say for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what needs to be said. So speaking there of rulers and authorities, very much earthly rulers and authorities. Luke chapter 20, now speaking of Jesus. So they watched Him and sent spies who pretended to be sincere that they might catch Him in something He said so as to deliver Him up to the authority, okay, and jurisdiction jurisdiction, exousia of the governor. Again, earthly authorities. Let's head to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 24. It says, after that, the end will come when he will turn the kingdom over to God the Father. This is talking about Jesus at the end, having destroyed every ruler and authority and power. For Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. For the Scriptures say God has put all things under His authority. So we're moving here from rulers and authorities in our world to rulers and authorities in heavenly places. But, but it's something a bit different to those angelic rulers and authorities. Let's keep going. Colossians 1, 15 to 16. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through Him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through Him and for Him. For from Him are all things and to Him are all things... You deserve the glory, Lord. 
Now, let's look at how Paul uses it in Ephesians 1.21. It says, Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. Let's see how he uses it in Ephesians 6. Verse 10, it says, A final word, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on all of God's armour so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So when that verse was read and, and it said that you, the church is on display, putting on display the manifold, the multi-rich, the variety wisdom of God to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. When Paul's talking about it, he's saying the wisdom of God has been putting on display for the demonic. Now you might be like, no, what? What are you talking about, Bron? You might have thought that perhaps the demonic was reserved for Hollywood um, or maybe just something that we, you just need to really freak out about and try to avoid at all costs. Many of you might remember Mia Dorma, who um, is now in Port Macquarie, but was in church here. And whenever you'd bring up anything about, you know, anything like that, she'd be like, oh, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know about it. Is anyone like that? I don't want to know. I just prefer to be ignorant. Um, no, cool. Okay, we can talk about it then. Uh, you see, it would make sense. And if you're visiting here this morning, it would make sense that the evil that is prevalent in our world that you see everywhere around you has a force behind that. To me, for that just to be existent uh, doesn't make much sense, but for there to be a force behind that because of just how prevalent it is really makes sense to me. And, and I don't know how you feel about that. It is not the stuff of Hollywood. It is actually real. But the other thing is, it's not something that we need to be fearful of and afraid of if we're in Christ. Because when we're in Christ, we fight from victory, not for victory. We don't need to be petrified and worried and trying to find something all the time and or maybe that's attached to that and, and whatever no 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 the curse of sin was broken at the cross and there might be things that you have to outwork in that but you don't need to be fearful and you don't need to go demon hunting the Holy Spirit in you and with community will reveal whatever needs to be revealed to you. And so I, I, I want to encourage us this morning not to get taken up, but to acknowledge that Paul says here that the wisdom of God is on display to them through you. Why? Why does that, how does that even work? And, and why is it heavenly places if it's evil spirits? Well, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2. It says, I was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago. Whether it was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. Only God knows. So random verse. I love that Paul's like 14 years ago, this weird God story happened to me. And I love that it's not something that he has to experience every day. He's not like, and, and you know, this is my constant reality. He's referring to something that's happened 14 years ago. And so I, personally, I love that because, you know, you hear about people who have these amazing experiences all the time. And I feel like, oh, I think I had one 14 years ago. Is that cool? Yeah, Paul says it's cool. Okay. And, and so what ancients, the, the biblical scholar Tom LaVaughan talks about is that ancients had this view of heaven, that there were the heavens that we're existing in right now. The atmosphere that we're in right now is the first heaven. We go outside, we see the clouds, we see, you don't see the air, but you see the effects of the wind. That is the, the first heaven. Then we shoot through the, darn it, what's that thing that is around our world? Force field, I was, um, stratosphere, yeah, I mean, something, force field. And, um, and we go through it and then we're not in gravity anymore and that's the second heaven, space. 
Yes, science, <clears throat> nailed it. And uh, that's the second heaven. And then the third heaven is like the heavens that we think of, the spiritual heaven. That's where our every spiritual blessing comes from. That's where we're seated in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. But this first heaven, it would make sense that Paul is referring to that because he's referred already in Ephesians to the prince of the air. So the, the, the devil being the one who rules this atmosphere. And he's talking about a future reality where Jesus will bring it all under his authority, even as it is now, but finally and fully. Um, we've talked about Daniel before where he was praying and the Bible says an angel came to him 21 days later and he says, as soon as you prayed, Daniel, I got sent out to minister to you regarding this. But first I had to do battle with the Prince of Persia. So there was a, a spirit of the air in that place that had to be overcome. And so as Paul's talking about here, we are on display. He would be talking about that first heaven, the evil spirits in the heavenly places, the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. So how are you and I, on display, showing God's wisdom to them. This is how this works. This is just like, I've been a Christian a while now and I've even preached the Word a while now, but this was sick for me to actually comprehend in these last coming, this last few weeks. And I love the fact that the Word of God just keeps giving up treasures. Romans 6 verse 14 says this, He cancelled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by His victory over them on the cross. So here's, yeah, come on, die. Like someone else. Okay, just die. Cool. Um, thank you, Anna. Um, now let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. We've been here. You read it this week in your daily devotions. Let's just go there again. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. We didn't realise we were doing that, but that's what we were doing. The commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sin nature, by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, God's wrath, just like everyone else. So the evil authorities and rulers, they are subject to God's wrath and we are supposed to be. But keep reading verse four, God, but God, my favourite phrase in the Bible, is so rich in mercy and He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. When you come to God, when you bring all your failures, you bring your addictions and you come lay them down at the foot of the cross, you are putting on display to every evil anything that's subject to God's wrath, showing them that God's plan was right all along. I don't understand all of God's plan. It does not always make sense to me. I'm like, why that? Why this? But God's plan, His wisdom is being shown to these rulers and authorities every time you surrender to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. It's like in your face, suckers. <laughs> I, I'm actually, God's wisdom, God's plan all along is on display through me right now. And not only that, like this is the coolest thing. Not only that, because we could go, oh yeah, I, I'd be a good person, that's great. But no, when you struggle, when you get it wrong, when you mess it up and instead of running away from God, you run to God and you submit that to Him and say, God, I'm sorry. 
God's like, see, my plan was right all along. You thought you had them. You thought they were gonna be subject to God's wrath forever, but no. And so I've been thinking this week and these last couple of weeks, like every time my thoughts go in God's way rather than mine, and I say, God, I, I wanna think about this, but I'm just surrendering my thoughts to you right now. I'm just imagining like the evil rulers and authorities. I'm just going in your face. <laughs> just went God's way, sorry. God's wise, God's plan is wise, God's good. And, uh, and it's exciting. But wait, there's more and I'm gonna finish with this. Romans 8.38 says, And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. So there's not only us displaying God's wisdom through the church, His rich variety of wisdom, but also His love cannot be taken from us. And as we read just before, this love, He says, may you have the ability to understand how wide, how deep, how high His love is. But this is a cool thing that Paul says. It's too great to understand fully. You're gonna run out of understanding. And it's at that point that I want you to experience it. He says it's one thing to know God's love and it's one thing to understand it and to grow in your understanding of God's love. But you will come to an end of your understanding because it is too great. And then I want you to experience it. And I love that. God's just not interested. Knowledge puffs up, the Bible says, but love builds up. So we serve an incredible God. Would you agree? Yes. All those that didn't speak after you get saved, I'm sure that you'll <laughs> agree with that. But I think, you know, we know that God created the heavens and the earth, everything that exists because of Him, amen. And, but I think amongst all that creation, mankind, you and me, we would be the most amazing thing of all. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that when you created us, Lord, you made us in your image. Lord, and uh, our desire is to be like you more and more every day. Lord, we want to be followers of you. We want to be people that do your will, and we want to serve you from the heart. Lord, in Jesus' name. I'd like you to take a look at these two images. Hmm. Enjoying breakfast? Terrific. <laughs> So the heart and the brain. I don't know if they're quite that colourful, but anyway, it gets your attention, doesn't it? So which one of those does the thinking? The brain, which is very complex, um, or the heart, which pumps blood you know, right throughout our body? Well, the interesting thing is that they, they both do the thinking. I mean, God has a way of making something out of nothing. The brain looks like it should be a thinking unit, okay? But the heart, well, who knows? But God is able to create our heart to be a thinking organ. So the brain can really be influenced by the heart. The things that go in will determine what it sort of relates to the brain a bit. I don't want to get too technical. I'm certainly not a doctor. You didn't know that, did you? No, you thought I was. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to disappoint you. So let's have an image up there, please, Kate. So just in case, just in case those two images sort of upset your tummy a little or turned your appetite, I thought I'd just show you that. Isn't he a cute little fellow? So that's a quokka. 
right? Beautiful creature. I love the quokkas, but I don't like his big cousin, the quokkadile. <laughs> uh, okay, done. It's out of the way, right? I know you're expecting it, so now it's done. Let's have a look at this scripture. Thanks, Kai. <laughs> okay. Took me a good and evil. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the mouth, the sorry, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I don't know if you've ever worked with somebody who was fanatical about a particular thing. Uh, I worked with a guy for a while and he got into push bike riding and every conversation was about push bikes. And that was good for about three different shifts. But after that, it sort of was a bit like, if you've seen Forrest Gump, it was a bit like uh, Bubba talking about the shrimp or something, you know. And, um, but what we allow in is what's going to come out, right? And sometimes we talk to people and we can tell how their life is and what's going on because of what just continually flows out. So we need to be careful, obviously, of what we allow in. Our heart is the first organ that is developed in our bodies, and then hopefully all the other bits and pieces are added. <laughs> um, but our heart, you know, God takes great interest in what goes on in our heart. It's a special place for him. And in Proverbs 4.23 we are instructed to guard our hearts with all diligence because from it will flow the issues of life. I've got my 1960s iPad up here, so excuse me. We know how to guard all the material things in our life, right? We, we lock our homes before we go out. We, we unlock the car, we drive down the street and go to the bank and we got a PIN number for our bank accounts and we try to get into the internet or make a phone call so we've got to use a password somewhere. So we guard all these things, we take care of them. But the most important thing of all, which causes us to breathe and gives us life and is our life, is our heart, and so often we neglect it. We don't really guard it, we don't really take care. A team in Tel Aviv University in Israel has achieved a major breakthrough by 3D printing a heart with human tissue and vessels. They say that in the future this technology could be used to repair damaged hearts or print entirely new ones to be used for transplants. And that's what they say? I don't know. That's, that's what they say. But whether our own genuine heart or a 3D printed one, only God can cause it to have and, and function in a spiritual way. Amen? And so in the womb, our heart develops along with the other bits and pieces. We're born. Then we are wisely encouraged that it's very important to guard our heart and to keep it pure. And not only guard it and keep it pure, but prepare it towards God. Let's take a gander at this next scripture up here. Useless iPads. The preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. So the preparations, dispositions of the heart belong to man. So we can make many plans in our mind, 
in our heart, we can have we can write out a list of things that we would like God to do, a great list, prayers that we would like God to answer. But are they born of God? Are they from a godly desire? Are they the things that would please God? And how do we go about preparing our heart before the Lord so that our requests and plans become godly motivated? I would think that one of the first places to start would be to empty our hearts. We don't want a polluted heart. I mean, would you prepare a meal for a king and just allow the blowflies to come in and fall in and scoop them out as you go? And breakfast good? Yeah, <laughs> terrific. You know, we want everything to be clean and tidy and perfect. And we don't want to be presenting our heart to God that is contaminated. So we need to get rid of the things out of our heart that don't belong there. Bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment, just sin in general, things that don't really belong there. We need to empty those things out. And you can probably come up with a lot more things than that. There's, there's plenty of them. I don't know about you, but I intentionally, I, admittedly, I don't remember to do it every day, but I intentionally have it before I start my day sort of thing or as I'm driving somewhere in my day at the beginning, you know, I just, I just sort of pray and say, God, you know, forgive my sin today. That doesn't mean that I have knowingly sinned, but just in case I had a bad attitude or, you know, gave Bron a bit of cheek or something like that and I shouldn't have. And so I ask God to forgive my sin. I ask the Lord to watch over my mouth, guard my mouth, the things that I speak, uh, the conversations that I have, to give me the wisdom to walk away from a conversation when it's necessary because of what's been spoken or because it's going in the wrong direction. I want to be careful of what I take in in my ears. I don't want to stay into a conversation. I used to, years ago, I spent many, many, many hours on the road. And uh, back in the 80s and 90s, that's 19, not 1880s, there used to be lots of hitchhikers, and I would pick up lots of hitchhikers. And so normally before they got in, I would say, mate, you can have a lift, no smoking, no swearing, no dirty jokes. If you're happy with that, jump in, and I'll get you to the next town. Even if I was going six other towns, I'd tell them the next town in case I didn't like their company <laughs> and I need to let them out. Why do I do that? Sunday morning... You know, do we prepare our hearts before we come to church? I like to prepare my hearts. I like to empty myself of stuff that anything that's going to hinder the Spirit of God finding a central place in my heart to speak to my heart. It just might be a particular day when God really wants to speak to me about something, but my heart and my mind is so cluttered up with stuff. It might be important stuff. It might be good stuff, but it's just stuff. And it doesn't need to be there when the Word of God is spoken. 1 Samuel 7.3 says, And Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel, saying, If you return to the Lord with all your hearts, not with all your brains, although hopefully they had them, then put away the foreign gods and Ashtaroth from among you and prepare your hearts for the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So Ashtaroth were 
In demonology, they were, Ashtaroth was a great, called the great duke of hell. We don't want to be going there. All right. And the Philistines, well, your Philistines today hopefully look a bit different to what the Philistines have spoken about here were. But God will deliver you from those things. So the consequences of not preparing our hearts to the Lord and serving him is that we will unwittingly set up our own gods and serve them and serve ourselves. It'll just take place. It'll just happen. The Bible says that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If your true treasures are not heavenly, we run the risk of having our earthly treasures becoming our gods and serving them. 400 years ago, which wasn't yesterday, I wasn't around, I know, you might think I was, um, a British man by the name of Sir Walter Raleigh, an English statesman, soldier, writer, explorer, angered the king. Apparently he got up his nose a few times and he got up there one time too many. So King James I sent him off to be executed. And in those days, um, when they're at that place of execution, they would have witnesses to, to witness the event. And I guess if you were guilty of a crime, you wouldn't want to be facing the witnesses. You'd be looking the other way. But if you were innocent, you wouldn't really care. So the executioner apparently asked Sir Walter, um, what way would you like your head to lie? To which Sir Walter responded, it matters little which way the head lies, providing the heart is right. So let's uh, you know, prepare our hearts so that the preparations and disposition of our hearts will easily align with God's will. Fellowship, prayers, fasting, quiet times in his presence, regular reading of the scriptures, being generous with what we have. And again, you can add many things to that. Those things will feed our heart. I don't want to have a polluted heart. You know, what's one thing that sort of really gets my attention, God says lots of things that if we do this and if we do that, like it says, the pure in heart, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, which is a good indication to me that those that are not pure in heart will not see God. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So those that don't, won't. Ephesians 6, 6 mentions about doing the will of God from the heart. That's what we want to be doing. And doing the will of God will become so much easier when we empty our heart of, of rubbish, of junk, of stuff that doesn't belong there, when we feed our heart on fellowship, on praying, good Christian music, good Christian songs, rejoicing, talking in tongues on a daily basis, that will set us up. We need to be ready for heaven, but hell requires no preparation. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? 
To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au. And thanks again for listening.